0: Hey Inside the Mix podcast fans, it's Midiman. Follow me or find out more in Instagram at midiman.ec from Ecuador. You are listening to the Inside the Mix podcast. Here's your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favourite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing, and mastering music for over 15 years, and I wanna share what I've learnt with you. Hello, and welcome to the Inside The Mix podcast. If you are a new listener, please do hit that subscribe button, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe and notify to make sure you're notified of new episodes, and also subscribe and follow on your podcast player of choice. If you are a returning listener, a big welcome back. So, in this episode, We're going to be looking at reverb, and in particular, why you should consider using only three reverbs in your next mix. So I'm going to be using three auxiliary sends, three reverb sends, three only. The reason being, I don't want individual reverbs on each channel. It's going to create this cluttered, reverberant mess, and I'm going to have all these instruments in different spaces. I want my instrument groups to be sat in similar spaces, and that's why I'm using three reverbs. Now in the creative process, there might come a time whereby that you want to actually have a reverb on a channel and that is totally fine for creative reasons. But I think if you are new to mixing in particular, this is a good place to start because you'll get a much cleaner mix and also it's less CPU intensive. So my first reverb is going to be a short plate reverb and I'm going to use this mainly on drums. This is a plate reverb. So a plate reverb back in the day was created using a four foot by six foot piece of sheet metal with transducers attached to it. And it was used or created rather this way because studios couldn't afford to build chambers. And it's revered by mix engineers and audio engineers, etc. for its smooth quality. So my next reverb is a medium hall reverb. And I'm using a Hall Reverb because it has a longer decay time and also it has more reflections. So a Hall Reverb. And in particular, I'm using the Valhalla Vintage Verb. And I use this for the Plate Reverb as well as I absolutely love this plugin. So do go check it out. So my third and final reverb, I'm using a chamber Chamber Reverb. So a chamber reverb was created by studios. They would have a tiled room and just create this acoustic chamber. And you can see why it would be more expensive than using a piece of sheet metal as they did with the plate reverb. So I'm using this for my third and large reverb. So that's a chamber reverb. And it's the Valhalla Vintage Verb again. So another point to consider is timing the reverb to the BPM of your track. So the first one I do with this is the Decay. And what is the decay? The decay is the time it takes for the reverb tail to die out. And I time this to the BPM of the track because I want it to breathe with the track. You can imagine here, I've got my drum plate. When that snare hits and that reverb kicks in, that reverb hits with the snare, I want that tail to die out before the next snare hit. Otherwise I'm gonna get this washy, weird ambient sound. So it's gonna create a cleaner and tighter mix. So the second feature or parameter, if you like, of a reverb that I like to time to the track's BPM is the pre-delay. If you're unsure what the pre-delay means, it's delaying the reverb entrance slightly after you hear the source signal. Why do we want to do this? Because we don't want to wash out the sound in ambience, or alternatively, maybe you do, but you have control over that with the pre-delay. With the pre-delay, you'll hear the sources attack, and then the reverb, so you get more definition. But you can play with that. Maybe you want something to sit further back in the mix, in which case you'll decrease the pre-delay. If you want it to be more up front and hear more of that attack of that instrument, then you would increase the pre-delay. So in the days of real plates and chambers, pre-delay was achieved by using the slap delay from a tape machine. So I also timed the pre-delay to the track. And here in this example, with this drum plate, in the Valhalla Vintage Verb, I should get an affiliate link for this. I've got 11.10 milliseconds time to the track. And if you just go onto Google and you search for time reverb to BPM and just plug that in, there are loads of sites where you can do this. Um, I haven't got the actual mathematical calculations here present with me, but just go on Google and you'll find loads. In fact, I'll put a link to the website I use in the episode description for finding the reverb time. And also delay time as well is really useful. So let's have a look at how this plays out in my DAW. And I'm using Logic Pro here, but you can use this whole idea in any door. And uh, I've got my plate, hall, and chamber reverb sends here. I've got my Valhalla Vintage Verb at the top, and then I've got EQs afterwards. Why have I got an EQ? Because I have top and tail this using high and low-pass filters. 60b slopes to get rid of any unwanted high frequencies and low frequencies. And this has been tuned to the track. It's just not an arbitrary sort of number that I've picked for the low-pass and high-pass filters. And I've actually got a a subtle sort of presence boost here in this EQ around 2 kilohertz as well with a quite wide Q. And I've done that for each of them. Now, you might say, well, why aren't you just using the EQ, for example, in Valhalla Vintage Verb? It's because I just like to use the separate EQs because... I'm not entirely sold on the EQ that is within Valhalla Vintage Verb. And uh, so I'm using the Logic Pro one here in HQ mode. And I've also used the TDR Nova, which is a free EQ. And there's quite a large presence boost on this one, 2.5 dB gain on that one. I might have to go and review that. But that is how I set it up. And I've also labeled the send... The buses going to these reverbs. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it just makes it easier when you're looking at the individual channels and their sense. I can see delay, I can see plate. I'm not looking at bus four, bus five and trying to figure out what it is. So that's a really good tip for workflow is to actually label. The sends in your DAW. So let's have a listen to these reverbs in action. And I'm going to start with the plate reverb. And I've used this on my drum. So I've got my drum summing stack here, and I've got my individual channels with the plate reverb auxiliary sends on them. Now, admittedly, there is a drum loop here which has a touch of reverb on the snare already within the loop, but I really like this one here in particular, this drum loop, and also. I still use the plate reverb to put it in the same space as the hats and the crash. And I know this contradicts what I said earlier about having multiple reverbs, but I really like this one. It's a creative choice. I'll put it down to creative license. So let's have a listen with, out, and with. This is without. This is with. Without. so hopefully you can hear the difference there it's not in the context of the mix so that reverb does sound slightly high however when it comes to setting the reverb what i like to do is get it to the point whereby it's too much and then i back it off to the point whereby it's just about i could just about hear it you're finding that happy medium between the two and then i'll a b it and see if it's making any sort of introduction is making any difference to the mix okay so next let's have a listen to this hall reverb so this time i'm using it on my synths so let's a b again so i'm going to play without and then i'm going to play with so these are the synths without and with So once again, hopefully you can hear the difference. It's quite subtle when it comes to the synths, in particular because of the texture and the characteristics of those synth sounds. What's important is when you use, I've got Anna 2 here and I've got Pigments, is I've gone in and the patches I've used and then sort of manipulated already had reverb within the plugin. And I've turned those off so I haven't got these huge reverbs happening all over the place. I'm just using this whole reverb. Okay, the final reverb, the chamber reverb, and I've used this on my guitars. So I've got my sort of left and right guitar here, and I'm just gonna turn the chamber reverb off and let's have a listen without reverb. So you can hear there's delay. And there's a bit of tape echo as well. And now this is with the chamber reverb. And now I'll quickly turn it off. So hopefully you can hear the difference there. I really like that chamber reverb on these really ambient sounding guitars. I think it sounds great, but let me know what you think. Leave a comment on YouTube. Alternatively, reach out to me on Instagram at Inside The Mix Podcast and let me know what you think. So there we go, folks. Really simple stuff. Three reverbs. I've got a short plate reverb. I've got a medium hall reverb and I've got a large chamber reverb. And you can see I've put different instrument groups in different spaces, albeit only three spaces. So give it a go. Obviously I've chosen these particular reverbs and these sounds because that's what I like for this track. I'm not saying that's the right way and to copy those presets by any stretch, But it's a starting point and then you can use that as a foundation to then build your mixes. So let's have a listen to this. It's a snippet of this particular track, Lost and Found, featuring R9 on guitar. So big shout out to R9. He's been on the podcast a lot. So let's have a listen and we'll play out this episode with this song, Lost and Found. Hey, I'm Jack, and my favourite episode of the Inside the Mix Pod is number 82, which includes some really cool Logic Pro tips to improve your workflow. Um, if you're like me and enjoy working with MIDI, you'll love this episode and you find these tips really helpful uh, when sitting down to write some new music. Whoa, before you go, make sure to snag your free Test Master from Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my steadfast dedication to quality and that personalised touch. And here's the kicker, it's absolutely free. No cost at all. Simply head over to synthmusicmastering.com or click the link in the episode description to claim your free Test Master.